Hello and welcome to My Camino, the podcast. A weekly discussion about the Camino de Santiago. The Camino is a series of ancient walks across Europe, culminating at the remains of Christ's Apostle St. James in a Gothic cathedral in Santiago de Compostela in northwestern Spain. And I want to begin this week by thanking my listeners. The download figures have been through the roof. And while I've never really been motivated by the numbers, it's encouraging and humbling to know so many people are sharing my journey. So thank you. I read this week the number of compostelas issued by the Pilgrim's Office in 2017 was 301,036, an increase of 8.3%. On 2016. Interesting to note also the number of pilgrims walking through Castile, so Palencia and Burgos, has decreased by 2.5%. I'd give anything to be back there right now. A quote this week from Rumi, the 13th century Persian Sunni Muslim poet and scholar. He said, It's your road and yours alone. Others may walk it with you, but no one can walk it for you. As true in life as on the Camino. My guest this week is the American pilgrim, Luis Martinez. Luis is on the line from Florida in the United States. Luis, welcome. A pleasure to uh, speak with you, Dan. You know, we we crossed paths on social media this week, and I read that you walked the Camino in May, June of 2017, and you wrote, it was a great experience and had a profound impact in me. So can I ask you two questions, how and why? Um... The impact that it had in me uh, was uh, emotional as well as spiritual. And the best way that, in, in short, the best way that I can describe it is uh, somewhere along the Camino, I left um, the worst of me and I found the best of me. And uh, every one of us through life um, puts on, uh, I call it coats of paint, you know, we do it to uh, be stronger, we do it to pretend who we're not, we do it as a defense mechanism. And um, so I found that uh, during the Camino, uh, those coats of paint came off. And the uh, the real Luis, the Luis that I had known a long time ago, came back. Uh, aside from that, it it, it just uh, it taught me to be more patient, more considerate, more human, if you will. So let's go back a little bit. How did you hear about the Camino? Um, I was born in Spain. And, um, and I was born in the province of Palencia, Palencia with a P. And so the Camino crosses uh, the province of Palencia uh, between Burgos and Leon. So I was very aware of the Camino since I was a child. And at different times during my youth, I had walked parts of it, parts of the uh, uh, the French, um, the, the Camino Frances, uh, parts of the Camino del Norte, uh, and I even did the part of the Camino Portugues um, from Porto, uh, although I didn't get, I ran out of time, and I didn't get all the way to Santiago de Compostela. So through my, my life, I uh, kept on promising myself that someday 
when I had the time, the money, and the body to be able to do it, that I would do the uh, the Camino Frances completely. And uh, it wasn't, uh, I didn't have a specific goal in mind when I began, other than I wanted to begin, and I wanted to end it uh, without uh, injury. And... Um, and it was a, a physical uh, as much as it was in a spiritual adventure. But as I, as I went through the Camino, I discovered that the Camino had many parts, uh, which I think I mentioned in that, in that, uh, uh, in that post yeah. um, that you read, you know, that, that the Camino was definitely physical but that it, it was also very mental. Uh, mental uh, the, the mental part had to give you strength when you needed it. And, um, and, but also the mental part pushed you into seeing things that you normally wouldn't see in your day-to-day life. Uh, it's always the spiritual part, and I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual. And whether are the the cathedrals or the little quaint churches, or uh, the middle of the Roncesvalles woods, or the mountain in Osobrero. I mean, those are God's cathedrals. Yes. And um, and so it touches your heart. And at some point, you 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 realize that there had been millions of people that have uh, passed before you and you're walking on those steps and um, I, I remember being in a in a very small uh, a very small church in Puente la Reina who um, happens to have been a, a Templar church and very simple uh, a, a simple crucifix very old benches and uh, and I thought, my God, this has been here for hundreds and hundreds of years. I wonder what the people prayed for during during that time. There was probably simple, simple prayers, but that they that meant a lot for them. Uh, whether it was uh, for the harvest, or someone was sick, or for the, uh, the, uh, the, 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 the good birth of a calf, you know, yeah. and, and it just, it, it touches you, you know, and, and then you have the social aspect of it, which is beautiful because you meet people from, from all over the world and, and the cultural part, if you, if you choose to look for and to learn, because you're going to go through seven different regions and every region is different. And, and you're surrounded by history, uh, for, you know, uh, there's, uh, uh, the, the, the 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 story of the of the Camino and how it came to be yes. starts in, starts in uh, you know uh, in in eight forty five you know so yes that's right it's, 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 you, know, you know yeah go ahead you mentioned that that you were are a spiritual person not necessarily a religious person but when on this Camino in May June of twenty seventeen when on that particular walk did you realize you were going to or were currently experiencing something special did it dawn on you early it, it, it the first time that it touched me was walking through the Roncesvalles woods mm. um, there, I think the majestic they're so majestic that you cannot feel you cannot help but feel 
connected to spiritual world and and then um like i mentioned the the um uh the church in puente la reina and so uh, i was touched again and 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 from that point on um i began to listen to my heart a, a little bit more so the spiritual part of the camino um, became a part of the camino that that i had not really uh encountered and you know and it's funny because in the beginning I was, I was thinking about when am I going to have the big bang? You know, when am I going to have you know this this astonishing realization that is going to change my life? Well, there was an astonishing realization. What what there was is a realization of all the components of the Camino and that the, they were they were ever present with you if you so cho- chose to 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 recognize them and. There were some days that one pulled you more than the other. And it was interesting to reflect at the end of the day and say, well, what was the, what was the most important part today? Was it, was it that I met some fantastic people? Was it that I, that I had a fantastic meal? Was it that I, that I just broke down in tears somewhere for no reason, just because my soul was touched? Um, there is another place in, um, Ah, what is it called? Um, Rabanal. In Rabanal, there is a, there is a very little church, and it's a, it's a monastery yes. that is run by by Benedictine monks. Yes. And um, and at the end of the day, you can go there, and they they sing uh, Gregorian chants, and and they give you pamphlets so you can sing with them, and it's was. It was just fabulous. It just, it it, it just uh, it, it, it touches you in ways that um, I never thought that I could be touched. Uh, so, so there were different episodes like that. Uh, obviously, Cruz de Ferro also is very, uh, uh, very touching. Um, but um, so all throughout the Camino, I kept on recognizing those. Um, uh, those components of the Camino and thinking more and more of them. And I had, I had been writing uh, through the Camino. And um, when I came back, I actually wrote a paper uh, and I put the Camino, I began writing about the Camino within the context of those components that I mentioned to you. Yeah, and the, then I changed. Yeah, go on. The, uh, go ahead. And then I changed the whole thing completely. I, I remember at some point that I had read, and I don't know where I had read. It wasn't a book. It was a comment uh, that someone had made. The Camino could be divided into three phases: um, life, death, and rebirth. And so I began to think about it, and I recognized the I recognized the three stages. And I recognize um, where I was on those three stages, and when one began, and the other one, when one ended, and the other one began. So that's uh, that's really, really the the, the, the way I uh, the way I described uh, my experience in the paper. So, what was your motivation to walk in in 2017? What was the great the light bulb moment that you thought, I'm going. 
Well, I I retired on 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 January 9th uh, after several attempts at retiring. <laughs> um, <laughs> I retire on on January 9th of 17 and uh, uh, on January 10th when I was thinking okay, now what, you know? Um I said, well, what is it the one thing that you have always wanted to do, but you never had the time to do? And it was, you know, it just came to me without a lot of effort, you know, walk the Camino. All right. So what do you have to do to do that? Well, I have to be in better shape than I am right now. And, uh, and then I have to plan. So I dedicated the next months uh, until I left um, for Spain in May um, uh, on training and research and so uh, my initial motivation was to accomplish something that i have always wanted to accomplish but i never had i, I never had had the time to do it how wonderful and, and you wrote this week that you met and i'll quote you Luis. you said i met some great people that became my camino family so tell us about la camino familia Luis's camino familia yeah we met it's interesting how you how you meet people. You meet people in the in the um, um, in the most interesting uh, <laughs> most most interesting times without even really trying. Very early on, I had met um, this uh, this American girl um, that was living in Spain and and her companion. They they, they met really. On, on the way from uh, St. John to uh, Roncesvalles, and they became fast friends. So the other girl, the other lady, I would say French lady that was living in Germany, and somehow uh, during the dinner in Roncesvalles, we, we, we hit it off, and, and then one of them kind of move on, and, and I, you know, I stay friends with Sally, uh, until uh, you know, we're, still, we're still friends. Yeah. And said, and then along the way, um, I met uh, Wolfgang, my German friend, my German brother, and we we kind of hit it off uh, in 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 a very you know, simple way because uh, we you know, just sat at the table where he was there, and I was I was having a vino de verano, uh, yeah. you know I you know what that is yeah yeah yeah. And he says, "What are you drinking?" I said, "Well, this is a vino de verano. Would you like one?" Says, "Let me invite you." So, that was it. Um, then um, a couple of, a week later or so, I was um, I was in another village and I looked at this at this girl, um, and I just I, I went, wow, she looks so much like my cousin. I just went to her and said. You know, I I am so and so. I said I, I can't believe, but you look just like a carbon copy of my cousin. And so she introduced herself. She's Angela, and she's from New Zealand. And um, and we hit it off. And my cousin, one uh, one of my cousins, who's also named Louise, whose sister we're talking about. Uh, came and walked for a couple of days uh, with me uh, right before Burgos. And and when he came, I told Angela, I said, in case you think or you ever thought that I was really telling you a story, I said, my cousin is going to come and here's what we're going to do. 
um, we're going to meet in a in this plaza, and I'm going to tap your shoulder, and we're going to we're, we're going to watch his reaction. So, after the day's walk, um, I said, Luis, let's go. You know, I, I want you to meet someone. And um, so, sure enough, we approach uh, Angela from behind. I tapped on her shoulder, <laughs> and he's, he was stunned. He says, <laughs> "Oh my God, <laughs> you look like my sister!" <laughs> really? That's yeah. great. And yeah. so, and so, Angela then became part of uh, your family, and it would have been yeah, amazing only, for your cousin Louis yeah. to walk with her as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, Angela eventually became very good friends with Wolfgang. Uh, very, very good friends. And then later on, um, we met two Swedish uh, ladies, Marie uh, and Karina. And so, I mean, even though we didn't walk necessarily um, every day together, we always tried to get together at the end and um, tell the stories of the day and so on. And so those, uh, they became my Camino family. And interestingly enough, um, Wolfgang and Angela have come here to Orlando. They came to Orlando over the summer uh, to visit. And then all of us got together this past October in, in Berlin, where, um, where uh, Wolfgang lives. So we have, we have kept the contact and we have kept the family alive. How wonderful. And I think that's every Camino family's dream, you know, yeah. and, and being so spread out so far around the world, that's wonderful you were able to do it. You know, Luis, it's often said that a pilgrim's Camino begins when they get home. But you wrote this week that when you arrived home, you felt compelled to tell the Camino story. And I was particularly interested, Luis, because you wrote the Camino story, not your Camino story. So tell us about your fellowship, as it were, on your return. Yeah, the Camino story, as I saw it, was um, a, an introduction for people who are interested about the Camino, but uh, don't know anything about the Camino. So I developed two classes, and the first class uh, talks about the Camino story from from the shepherd finding a sarcophagus in uh, in 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 a, in a field of stars uh, in what is now Santiago de Compostela to King Alfonso uh, coming to visit uh, those uh, those remains, uh, which led to the creation of Camino Primitivo. Um, to the bishop declaring that there were St. James remains. And then I go into a little bit of a history lesson because, because people do not realize that when this, when this was happening, Spain was in a fight to recover the peninsula from the Muslims that had invaded it in 711 and actually conquered the entire peninsula except the the very northern part of space, the Asturian region. So from them on, I you know I try to explain to them also the the social, uh, religious, and economical impact that the Camino had and in the history of Spain at that time, because by still by the by the 
11 and 12 centuries, only a third of Spain was recovered. But, uh, but then um, a lot of people began to, 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 to do a pilgrimage to Santiago de Compostela because obviously what was, what was Europe at that point, it was a lot easier to go to Santiago de Compostela than to, um, than to go to Jerusalem. Uh, and Santiago de Compostela became the second most popular place to go on pilgrimage uh, other than Jerusalem. And so it had a tremendous impact in uh, social, like I said, social, uh, politically and economic and economically in Spain. Uh, eventually, the Pope granted the same privileges to people who fought against the Muslims in Spain that he had granted uh, to the people that were um, uh, that were fighting in the Crusades. So it became even uh, more more of an impact um in in spain in the way that that knights from all over europe came to fight over there but besides the knights were there, there were tradesmen there were people that emigrated and repopulated some of the things that some of the places that were that had been laid bare um and so on and so forth and uh, you know there's some anecdotal things that i that i ask you know i ask at one point who invaded and sacked santiago de compostela twice and because we have been talking about the Muslims, everybody says the Muslims. Well, it wasn't the Muslims. It was the Vikings. Yeah, go on, tell that story. So, so yeah, they came, they came twice. Um, in, uh, I, and I'm going to botch the dates, but I, I believe there were in, in 880 and 940, um, they came more than twice, actually. But twice they went, they went to um, they went to Santiago de Compostela, and the anecdotal uh, writings uh, from from those days, from the Vikings, uh, were something like, "Those Christians are so stupid. You know, they take everything of value that they have and they put it in a place, <laughs> the churches. <laughs> so so we go and steal it. <laughs> it's, it's so easy." <laughs> <laughs> so, so you know, so the so the so the first class talks about the history, talks about expectations. I I talked about you know the the, the six components of the Camino, how to begin to prepare, um, some of the logistics of getting there, um, and I uh, you know and I answer a lot of a lot of questions that are, that are simple questions. And then during the second, um, the second class, we go uh, step by step on every province. Uh, I talk about, I talk a lot about the Templars, because the Templars had a big influence in protecting the pilgrims in Spain, yeah. just like they had an influence in uh, in in the Middle East. Yeah. And I point to them, you know, the places where they still can see some of the churches, and and some of the castles that they had. Obviously, the most uh, you know the most popular is the castle in Ponferrada because still it's complete. It's the only castle that you can still go, besides going to France and see a and see a Templar castle uh, hall that you can visit. Um, but I go through every every province and I talk to them about um, a little bit about the prophet, the province, their customs, things to see in the province, the uh, major cities that they're going to stop in. Um, 
we talk about the you know different kind of albergues that they have, the different kind of foods in it in each province. So it's a more in depth education, and then I go uh, more in depth into training, preparation, and equipment. So, so yeah, yeah, go on. Go ahead. Uh, when, no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, what I was going to say when you touched on the history, and I want to get to some of the. Uh, the spiritual and social, cultural and historical aspects in a minute, because that's what you do. But when you talk about the history, and it was fascinating just listening to you, but do you think, Luis, enough pilgrims recognise the pilgrim legacy? Or or are too many doing it as a sort of touristy thing? I think the the minority do it uh, as part of historical or cultural or even spiritual uh, drive. Yeah, I think that is um, there. There are I think curiosity abound, and it's a uh, aside from the effort that you have to put in it, it is a very economical uh, way of seeing a big part of Spain. And if you have the time, my goodness, you can you know you can go from one point to the other in Spain. Uh, you know, uh, spending 30 to 50 euros a day and and seeing things that uh, you, you would never be able to see or afford to see otherwise. Yeah, yeah. Um, I But I also think that most people throughout, the, at some point throughout the way, um, they find a lot more than they have thought about. Um, I also think that as as time progresses and as people like me, which I know there must be plenty of you know, throughout the world, um, share the experience and their expertise, that people come better informed. That, I mean, there is also a myriad of books if you, for anyone who wants yeah. to do research, so that you can come uh, better prepared, uh, and it. But the information that is out there is not in in neat little folders, you know. Yeah. It's not like like this is the cultural part. This is the you know. I'm, you know, I think I'm an engineer by trade, so I think like an engineer. So everything has to fit in <laughs> in little in little boxes that have to merge themselves to create, you know, whatever it is that you want to create. So yeah, yeah. it it was intuitive for me. Uh, as I went along to to find those categories, and um, and and so I I don't I think it's up to everyone to read those books and do the research and come up with the information that that they think is going to pertain to them. They're most interested on, and then I guarantee them that they're going to be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> because at some point, yeah. they're going to put that aside and they're going to discover many other things that they didn't think about. Right. So th- that's my next question. I want to get to that. But before I do, you being an engineer, Lewis, you have to read a book by the Australian authors Anne Buist and Graham Simpson. Grab a pen. <laughs> I, ha- I it, have a pen. It's called Two Steps Forward. Two steps, Two steps forward, forward, and Graham Simpson and Anne Buist, and uh-huh. I'll, I'll 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 message you it later. But and my listeners will be interested yeah. in interested as well because it's a story about uh, an engineer called Martin who walks the Camino de Santiago. 
and it's fantastic. <laughs> you will absolutely love it. In fact, I interviewed them as one of my podcasts toward the end of last year, so you can even have a listen to it. But there you go. That's a by and by. When you said you're an engineer, I just thought I had to tell you that. As part of your workshops, workshops though, you tell people what they can expect to find on the Camino. So if someone's listening now and they have not walked the Camino, what can they expect to find? Uh, the Camino is a 500-mile community. Uh, it's, uh, it's 500 miles where you should feel safe, uh, where you will, be, you will feel safe, where people help each other, where people open up to each other, uh, that you will see or they will see that especially the first couple of weeks, people are so enthralled and so happy about being there that they are uh, bursting with, with, with happiness, even though they may be in pain. <laughs> they are, they're just, you know, it's like brotherhood and sisterhood. Uh, and and, uh, and it's, a, it is a community in which you can rely, uh, not just of pilgrims, but hospitaleros and, 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 peop and, and the people that live in the Camino, you know, the little towns. Uh, you will find jugs of, jugs of water in doorsteps that people leave in case you need water. You will find baskets with bread or baskets with oranges um, that people leave in, in little towns for you to pick if you need them. So it's a community of the world. It's a community that shows the, how the world could be. Yes. So that is one thing that you're going to see. The other part is, I also call it a 500-mile a, a, a temple. You're going to see people reflecting at any point in the Camino, whether, whether they are sitting on a rock or on their knees in, a, uh, in some green patch or just stopped and staring at something uh, or or in in little little churches you, you don't find the same reflection in cathedrals i mean they're beautiful architecturally they are some of the marvels of 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 the world but they are uh, they don't give you the same uh, the same um at least they didn't give me the same uh, feeling of closeness with the spiritual world. Yes. Um, so, uh, and I have an example for you. I don't know if you've uh, went to the basement in the Burgos Cathedral. Yes, I did. Uh, yes, I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. Yep. So you go down there and you see the most extraordinary pieces of silver and gold and ivory all of them you know um, designed to hold a host yes. and so much wealth and so, they're incredible treasures and i was watching all of these and i look to the right and i see a statue of christ tied to the to a post 
as he's being flailed. And I just looked at that and I said, you know, I, I have the feeling that you never for a moment thought that this is what you wanted. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, yeah, it, it was, it was such a dichotomy, you know, but anyway, so that's, that's as far, obviously you go to Leon and you see the stuff, you know, thousands and thousands of square footage of, of glass and, you can't but be absorbed uh, by all of it, uh, by the artistry. But when it comes to spir- spirituality, it will be the it will be the ancient trees in Galicia or the or the little churches along the way uh, that will touch your heart. Um, where else will you find? You will find camaraderie. You will find you will find that you can survive with very little. You will find that you know you're going to reduce your life to its very to its simplest form. You walk, you eat, you sleep, you watch your clothes, you make friends, you open their heart to them, they open their hearts to you. So, aside from the scenery that you're going to see and the history and everything else this is what you're going to encounter along the way. You say there are many Caminos in the Camino. What do you mean by that? Uh, I, I refer to, the, to, 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 the, to what I said before. You know, you have the physical Camino, the oh, mental Camino. Yeah. The spirit, you know. So they're, they're, you know, every, day, a, every day you really are leaving... Uh, it's like those are the six buckets, right? That I that I think of. Yeah. And so, some days one of those buckets is bigger than the other. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so the the balance of all of those makes almost a different camino every day. Yeah, that's right. It should, you just have to think about it on those terms. Yeah. So so if you we've got a couple of minutes up our sleeve, but you tell people what to expect in terms of the, and the, let's talk about those buckets: the physical, the mental spiritual, social, cultural, and historical aspects. We've already talked really about historical, but what can they expect in terms of the physical, do you think? Uh, it is going to be very demanding. Um, it, is, um, it is not so much to walk uh, 16 or 12 or 18 miles uh, one day, but it's to do it every day, uh, sometimes under very rough conditions. Uh, the roads are, uh, are, are very tough sometimes. Um, I, uh, one day I said jokingly that I was going to file a complaint with, with Rome because some of the Roman roads I found, we walked on had not been maintained for a long time. Yeah. Uh, uh, but it is very demanding. And uh, unless you live in a, in, a, in, a, in a part of the world where you can do mountain climbing um that is one part that is always going to suppress you you know how uh, how the mountains are going to drain your strength and sometimes it's not the mountains it's going to be one hill after another after another after another uh and once you get to the meseta um it's um it's a whole different story because it's dry it's like it's, it's walk it's, so, it's not a desert but it's close and so it, it presents a different challenge 
Uh, and on one of those days, you're going to walk for 11 miles uh, without a village, without almost a tree, without any place where you can refill, refill your water uh, canteen. So you need to plan for that. So the, the, the physical part you need to be prepared for, and, but the Camino is also going to prepare you for it. So long as you, as you listen to your body and you take care of your body. Um, the mental part is, is also very tough because that's the next, uh, that's the very first place where you go when you're feeling um, that you cannot go on. Yeah, I mean, you have yeah. to have your, me your mental strength is, is the next thing that you draw from. Um, if you're a spiritual person or, or a religious person, obviously, you're going to draw from that as well. Um, and then the social part, you know, your friends, they're going to encourage you. You're going to encourage them. Being with them at times is what is going to carry you through. Um, uh, the, the cultural the, the cultural really depends on your curiosity. Um, if, you know, how much you want to learn about the places and the little villages. Uh, it's also a driver. And obviously the historical part, uh, especially through... Well, I mean, every every part uh, has its history, but yeah. if, if, if you, you know, the historical part is always something that you're going to have to decide: Do I stop here? Do I go see this castle? Do I see? Do I understand why this was this way? Is this a is this an observation tower from the Romans or from the or from the Christians? You know, uh, it is it's just uh, it's going to feed your curiosity. Yeah. Tell us about arriving in Santiago de Compostela in June. Um, my first question was, is that it? <laughs> you mean I'm not going to walk tomorrow? Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was, uh, to a certain extent, to me, it was anticlimactic. I mean, I, it, was, it was, oh, my God, I'm here. I did it. Oh, but now my family is going to go every which way, you know? Yeah. Um, and what do I do tomorrow? Uh, you almost fit, feel unfit to go back to the real world. And, and in fact, uh, one of the things that I said in my classes, when, you, uh, when someone asked me that very same question, I say you, know, you will find that you will be at a loss for words for what you just experienced. How, how many days did you walk in total? 34. And did you take rest days? Yeah, two. Two. two uh, one in, one in uh, Lugo, I mean in Lugo, uh, one in Logroño uh, and one in Burgos. Okay. What do you say to people who are determined to walk every day and look down their noses at people who take buses or taxis or, or those booking taxis to take their luggage? Everybody, you know, it's, this, is a, this is the Camino. And, and you do the Camino according to what you, know, you think that the Camino is for you. I, I cannot pass judgment on you because you decide to take a taxi or a bus. Um, you, you, you know as your Camino, then just do it the way you think. And, uh, and you will get out of it um, 
whatever you put into it. Yes. And, you know, I can't, I can't, I don't know what is happening with that person physically or otherwise. Yes. Uh, I mean, uh, there are people who have, again, the, the physical and the men mental strength and they have the time. And I mean, I knew of, of, I knew of, uh, of several people who once they got to Burgos, they took a bus to Leon. Uh, at first I felt, well, gee, that's, uh, they really didn't do the Camino, but then I, I, I you know, I, then that was. Then the next thing was, you know, is their camino. They can do whatever, whatever they want. Yeah, yeah. And 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 that became also um, prevalent when when I got to Sarria, and I and I saw all these people that were just going to do the last 111 kilometers. I said, come on! I mean, my first thought was, eh, that's not walking the camino. Uh, and then I, I said again, that's, <laughs> everybody's Camino is different. Yeah, you know? yeah. Let, let them experience it the way they want to experience it. Yeah, that's right. And you say the more research you did to prepare the workshops, the more enthusiastic you became about doing it again. So you're going back this mid-August and September. Are you, Lewis, worried it may not live up to your expectations? No, not, not at all, uh, because... Uh, as as I learn uh, as I learn about it, I learn a lot of things that I should have seen um, that I didn't spend the time to see. Yeah. And and um, at the epicenter of that is the Templar history throughout Spain. And so I have identified um, several places that I want to go and visit uh, that have that had a very interesting uh, Templar history. I, and it's very, um, uh, it's very little known that um, the King of Aragon, um, one of the Kings of Aragon, um, died without children. So he decided to split the, um, uh, his kingdom into three. And he gave one third to the, to the Templars uh, one uh, third to the Hospitallers, and the other third to the Order of Calatrava, which was uh, a Spanish uh, Templar version. And so because of that, what used to be Aragon, uh, which encompassed at that time the province of Navarra, had a tremendous, tremendous uh, Templar influence throughout Castilla, uh, because they had their own their own uh, orders, um, they didn't have that influence. But the Kingdom of Leon accepted the help of the Templars as well. Yeah. So you have you have the, the castle in Ponferrada, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I am I'm, you know although there may be other things that I missed this time, um, I decided that I was going to pursue some of the sites uh, and and you know trust that. Um, what I think I believe of the Camino will still be there, no matter what, even though I'm doing it again. The other yeah. thing that I'm going to do again is then when I get to Santiago, I will not be finished. <laughs> I'm going to Fisteria Muxia. Yes, yes, how wonderful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so what's the first thing you'll pack in your backpack? What's the most important shoes. thing? Your shoes, okay. And what, what, <laughs> what is something that you could perhaps leave behind, Luis, that you... You learned on your your last Camino that you could do without. 
Um, sleeping bag. Ah, okay, yeah. Now, I've got a question. It, yeah, go on. Yeah, even though, I mean, I never used it. I used a sleeping bag cover. And um, and in Logroño, I actually shipped it forward. Yeah. Uh, yeah, to, um, uh, to to Santiago, to Ibar Renki, the famous Ibar Renki. Yes, um, of course, yes. And um, so uh, my... My recommendation is um, once you decide when you're going to go, um, check uh, check the average temperatures on on those provinces during during those months, because I I just slept with a you know with a um, sleeping sack. Yeah, I didn't need the sleeping bag. And that was May and June. Correct. Yeah, you're going back on August and September. Right. Is there a strong Camino family in Florida? Um, there is and there isn't, uh, and I, you know, off the record, <laughs> um, I am I'm making my, you know, I'm doing my best to, um, to, uh, to, uh, make, to, to form a bigger, a bigger Camino family. The people that, I mean, every, uh, there is this organization, the, uh, the, um, American Pilgrims of the Camino yes. and every, and every uh, major city has a chapter. And we have a chapter here, but they are, but they don't really get together that much. And when they get together, it's it's most uh, mostly a, a social event, uh, as, as, as opposed to being an educational event or 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 helping other people yeah. uh, prepare. You know, so um, I just you know my response to that is I am you know I'm doing what I'm doing, and um, and. And they can do what they do, and unless I have an opportunity to to help that chapter, I will just keep on doing what what I'm doing you know, from you know from my um, uh, from my own vantage point and with my own limited abilities. You know, I don't know about that, but I, I, met, <laughs> I mean, it's been fantastic talking to you. I met a lot of Americans and a lot of Australians on the Camino, and I've said before that we're both fairly pampered cultures. So it's not surprising that we're seeking a simple, simpler life, is it? Yes, very much so. I, I did meet two, two lovely ladies, two lovely Australian ladies, Mary and Julie, and um, and I still I'm still in contact with them. Um, and um, I can't remember. I don't remember exactly where they're from, but they're both from your neck of the woods. Yeah. So <laughs> maybe they'll listen to your post. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> But look, I, I hope you find, Lewis, a simpler life, a more genuine life, a more rewarding life, and some of the space, time, and clarity that we all seek on the Camino. So good luck in August and September. It's been an absolute delight to talk to you, and I look forward to perhaps interviewing you again on your return later uh, this year. Yeah, it'll be my pleasure, and if you send me your email, I will send you the paper that I wrote. Fantastic. We will do that. And I really appreciate your time. It is a pleasure. And I'm, I am so happy that you're doing what you're doing. Thank you, Luis. And, and Luis, buen camino. Buen camino. <laughs> buen camino, peregrino. 
Luis Martinez there, an American pilgrim who was so moved by his first Camino in 2017, he's now hosting workshops to help others prepare for the Camino de Santiago, or the way of St. James. This week's quote is from Rumi, the 13th century Persian Sunni Muslim poet and scholar, and he said, It's your road and yours alone. Others may walk it with you, but no one can walk it for you. As I said at the beginning, never truer than walking together or alone on the Camino de Santiago. If you're new to the podcast and would like to subscribe, you just go to the podcast icon on your phone, click search and punch in My Camino, the podcast. Hit subscribe and you'll automatically receive the podcast each Tuesday night, Australian time or early Tuesday morning in the Northern Hemisphere. The podcast is on Spotify as well. We're growing and reaching new audiences each week. And that is due to your support. Thank you again. As I said at the beginning of this week's podcast, I'm most grateful and humbled. And the song Somewhere Along the Way, the Camino song, is out soon. Stay tuned. Until next week, I'm Dan Mullins, and it's always great to have your company. Buen Camino. <laughs>